Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. What a great weekend it was after the Islanders eliminated the Washington Capitals in five games. And now they head on to play the Philadelphia Flyers. In the Eastern Conference semifinal, another Metropolitan Division rival, and this should be one very entertaining series. Game one getting underway tonight, and coming up on today's show, we've got a preview of that very exciting series with our friends from Locked On Flyers, so we are very much looking forward to that, and uh Always a pleasure to be joined by uh, Danielle and Rachel from Locked On Flyers. They do a great job of covering that team, and uh, we are going to have a great preview of that series coming up for you right a little bit later in today's show. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day and, of course, the latest Islanders' news and notes. If there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, uh, please feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also send us, uh, you could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, or you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so... Islanders and Flyers, these two teams have not met in the postseason since 1987, and yet, you know, so many great playoff memories between these two teams. Uh, Obviously, the first time these two teams met in the playoffs back in 1975, the Flyers were the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Islanders only in their third year of existence in their first ever playoff run. And the Islanders, who had just come back from a 3-0 deficit to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the quarterfinal round, fell behind to the Flyers 3-0, rallied to win the next three and force a seventh and deciding game at the old Spectrum in Philadelphia. And uh, the Islanders fell in that one 4-1. The best playoff memory, of course, for Islander fans, 1980, the Stanley Cup Finals, Islanders, winning that series in six games, courtesy of Bob Nystrom's overtime game winner at the Nassau Coliseum in Game 6. That gave the Islanders their first of four consecutive Stanley Cup championships, and uh, Islanders would love to get past the Flyers again and recreate some of that magic. This is going to be 
a very, very entertaining series. And now, you know, in the last series, the Islanders had the Capitals' former coach in Barry Trotz behind the bench. In this series, there is a former Islander coach behind the Philadelphia bench in Alain Vigneault. Now, obviously, it's been a lot longer since Vigneault was behind the bench for the New York Islanders, a couple of decades, uh, practically. But, uh, again, there is that connection there. And uh, I think the only other former Islander right now on their roster is Nate Thompson, who played uh, as fourth-line center for the Islanders for a few years. But should be a very entertaining series, and we will go in-depth and preview it along with our predictions a little bit later on in the show. Meanwhile, for right now, our Islanders' birthday of the day, we're going to get that started uh Happy birthday one day late right now to Glenn Healy, who was the goaltender the last time the Islanders reached the uh, Eastern Conference, or back then Wales Conference Final, in 1993. Heels is 58 years old, uh, joined the New York Islanders back in 1989-90, remained with the team through the 92-93 season, and was the goaltender uh, for the Islanders when they made that dramatic run to the conference finals, and that's the last time they've been to the conference finals. Heels broke in with the LA Kings, played two seasons there, then headed over to the Rangers, was their backup goalie on their 1994 Stanley Cup champion team, then played for the Toronto Maple Leafs before ending his career in 2000. 2001. The uh, Ajax Ontario native had some very good seasons for the Islanders. We're going to go back and look at uh, game four of the Patrick Division semifinals from 1993. Uh, A thrilling game that Glenn Healy was a big part of. And uh, this game at the Coliseum, the goalie for the Washington Capitals in this one is Rick Tabaracci. Meanwhile, it was the Capitals getting on board first, Al Iafrati, scoring his first of the series on the power play with Darius Kasparitis off for roughing. Iafrati from Peter Bondra and Mike Ridley, that was the only goal of the first period, and it was one to nothing Washington. In the second period, Brad Dalgarno was off for interference, then Uwe Krupp off for roughing, and the Capitals had a... Five on three advantage. Mike Ridley cashed in. Assists to Peter Bondra and Sylvain Cote. And it was 2-0 in favor of Washington. Then uh, about a minute and seven seconds later, or minute 17 later, Ally Afraidy at even strength. His second of of the playoffs. Mike Ridley and Bob Carpenter, the assist. Islanders quickly down 3-0. But they did not quit. And with Kevin Hatcher in the box for interference, Vladimir Malakov scoring a power play goal to get the Islanders back in the game. Pierre Turgeon with the lone assist. After 40 minutes, Islanders trailing in this one 3-1, but they come back in the third. Midway through the period, Travis Green, his first in the playoffs from Claude Loisel and Vladimir Malakov at 12.54. And then the tying goal, Pat Flatley, his first of the playoffs from Ray Ferraro and Uwe Krupp, and that one coming at 14-14, 
and the game was all even at three apiece heading into overtime. No goals in the first overtime period, no goals at all. But in the second overtime, Ray Ferraro gets his fourth of the playoffs, Claude Lizell and Tom Fitzgerald with the helpers at 540 of the fifth period. And the Islanders take a 3-1 lead in this series over the Washington Capitals in what was brewing as a big upset. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Glenn Healy, 37 saves after facing 40 shots in this game. Uh, Ray Ferraro and Vladimir Malakov each with a goal and an assist. Claude Loisel with two helpers. They all led the Islanders in points. Meanwhile, Ferraro... Uh, Tom Fitzgerald and Claude Loisel all plus two to pace the Islanders. And as far as shots on goal, very balanced here. Uwe Krupp, five. Steve Thomas, five. Pierre Turgeon, five. Islanders totaled 46 shots on goal to 40 for the Washington Capitals. Healy was outstanding throughout that playoff series and really made a difference for the Islanders as they made their last run to the conference finals. They're looking to do that for the first time since 1993. So again, happy birthday to Glenn Healy. When we come back, we will have our preview and our crossover episode with Locked On Flyers. Stay with us. A lot more to get to on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it tonight. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, and it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you and find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free, two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to Roman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Hey, ordering out for dinner is not always easy. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. But there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you could support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in 
safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And welcome to a very special crossover episode between Locked On Islanders and Locked On Flyers as we prepare for the uh, conference semifinal round of the playoffs. And uh, hard to believe, ladies, that these two teams have not met in the postseason since 1987. That, That is crazy. I mean, division rivals just down, you know, I-95, not very far, and, uh, you know, hard to believe they've met so many times in the regular season. Big rivalry, first met in the playoffs back in 1975, and now finally, after 23 years, uh, it's showtime again. It is, and this it, this is definitely going to renew the rivalry in everyone's mind. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. No, me either, and, and that just makes it even more fun and and regardless of who wins you know next year uh when the islanders go down to philly or when the flyers come up to the island uh there's going to be a little more enthusiasm in this crowd for uh for those games let's put it that way oh for sure for sure i I can definitely definitely tell that's going to happen i can't wait yeah it, it should be really really good your your thoughts let's let, let me start by asking the two of you this. Uh, your, your thoughts about where the Flyers are right now after ousting the Canadiens uh, in the last series? Hmm. You know, <laughs> that's a really good question. I I feel like my, I've been all over the place. You know, I mean, a win's a win. You, you know, the, the team had to win four games, and, and they did. And... They they definitely haven't looked their best, and they, I definitely don't think that they've played their game in that series. But, I mean, the Flyers are a good team. We saw that in the round robin. They have skill, and once they get to their game, I, I, I definitely like our chances against the Islanders. So. It, it should be a very interesting series, and I, I look at the Flyers, you know, through the first eight game uh eight games nine games that they've played and the amazing thing is especially against Montreal their best offensive players really haven't caught fire yet exactly which is I don't know if you want to say they're they were waiting for the Islanders or (laughs) I hope not (laughs) but uh yeah you're right I mean we knew that the Flyers had depth and um you know the guys that uh, scored in that series were were not the ones we thought so uh, that's good that's good on one note but definitely I think all of uh, Flyers fans are definitely waiting for the big guns to start uh, to start producing and yeah, what do you Jake Voracek I think had a really strong series versus yeah. Montreal and got on the scoreboard quite a bit so I think it's just a matter of the other guys catching up a little bit I think that Kevin Hayes is on that upward trajectory and the last two games of this series were his best overall, I would say. And then, yeah, I think it's just a matter of balancing the top line score with the secondary scoring. Yeah. 
depth always important in the playoffs, but of course you also want, as the cliche goes, your best players to be your best players. Yeah, and that's exactly what uh, Alan Mignot said when he addressed the media on Sunday is that, you know, the the key to have success against the Islanders is we're going to need our best players to step up and to start producing and to get that their offensive um, flair back. Yeah, and I would say, you know, two of the flyers that were looking to step it up a little bit are Travis Konechny, who was a little bit inconsistent over the course of the series against Montreal and, you know, wasn't as effective offensively as he usually is. And then Scott Lawton had a real bumpy road. He has been playing really well. He, he played phenomenally toward the end of the regular season before the pause. And then he looked really great in the round Robin games, but for some reason he just was off a little bit in the series against Montreal. And so I think he's another guy that we're looking to step up a little bit. Goaltending always critical in the postseason. Carter Hart has been outstanding for Philadelphia what has made him so good so far in this postseason? Listen, I love him so much. I think that one of the things that makes him so special is that at such a young age, he is so calm in the net. And he is, I think, one of the best puck trackers that I've seen. He just really knows where the puck is at all times. He's calm in front of the net. His positioning is spot on 99% of the time. And, you know, you really, you see Carter Hart making really good saves, but you never, I wouldn't say never, but very rarely see him make flashy saves. And it's because his positioning is so good. And he just has a maturity that is, I think, far beyond his years. And and they're going to rely on him, no question, because, I mean, if the Islanders have anything to say about it, this will also be a low-scoring series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> as I look over to the Dallas-Colorado series longingly with all their goals. <laughs> but you're right, I mean, and, and he's proven that he can do that. I mean, there were, I mean, two shutouts against the Habs. Carter and he he's able to bounce back. I think that's that's the biggest thing I think that the, the series against the Habs has shown me is that you know he doesn't get phased. He'll come back and and he'll be able to get right back on his game, which is important and it'll definitely definitely be important against the Islanders. Give me a, a name, an unsung hero on the Flyers so far. Someone who doesn't make a lot of headlines, but Islander fans should look out for because he's going to play a big role in this series. That's a tough one, I think, right now, just because, again, you know, the Montreal series was a little bit rough. And so right. trying to figure out like who an unsung hero is in that bunch as of now, it is a little bit tough. But And our go-to guy, Nick Abe Kubel, has uh, blocked a shot and was a little roughed up. So not entirely sure if and how he will participate in at least, you know, game one, I guess we'll find out tonight, but I think that it's really going to be up to a, a guy like Travis Konechny or Kevin Hayes, or even, you know, sometimes Tyler Pitlick sneaks up and gets like a multi-goal game. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Danielle, who do you think? So I was going to say Michael Roffel. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I Islanders fans should, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if they do know about Michael Roffel, but he definitely, he was out of the lineup um, and then came back into the lineup uh, for Mo- against Montreal and has just looked fantastic. And he is just, he helps every single line that he's on, whether it's the first line with uh, Sean Couturier or the fourth line with Tyler Pitlick and um, Nate Thompson. I mean, Wherever he is, he's noticeable, and he's he's the type of player that can chip in and will score a big goal for the Flyers. Another thing I want uh, another um, uh, it's it's two people. So a, a pairing I want to shout out is obviously the Sandheim and Myers pairing. They are, you know, obviously Provorov and Niskanen are the top pair for the Flyers, but Sandheim and Myers is just that second pair that I think that it's just we've never. Had, or we haven't had in such a long time and they are they're jumping in on the rush they're defending uh they're defending please like they're all over the ice and they're playing big minutes and they're so young and they're just so noticeable on the out on the ice and they they help in any situation for the flyers i mean you know and one end of the ice you can see myers breaking up uh, a two-on-one and then the next you can see sandheim down the ice um getting a puck on net and so they're just so dynamic and they're going to be so important for this team because of the Isles second line. I mean, that uh, Bovillier line is, it's just so dominant and they're, they're probably going to be matched out against them. And I just think that they're definitely a pairing that stands out and maybe might not get enough credit because they're not, they're not Ivan Provorov who deserves all the credit that he gets. And, and I think a lot of uh, fans will notice him first because he is on the top pair, the power play, the penalty kill. But Sandheim and Myers are definitely a noticeable pairing. Yeah, they've played very well. And Myers right now leading the Flyers in the postseason with a plus eight. So uh, definitely a good call there because uh, he's getting the job done. He is. I feel like a proud mother again. <laughs> he's just fantastic. He's. I love it. I will be back with more of our preview with our friends from Locked On Flyers as we preview the Islanders Flyers playoff series. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And if you want to take care of yourself, please check out Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than ever before. There are now 18 amazing flavors, both with and without nuts. And that includes six new flavors like cookies and cream, caramel brownie, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, and apple almond crisp. Built bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and unlike other protein bars, they are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You could lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and we all need to do that once in a while. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Let's check out the cookies and cream flavor. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And Built Bar right now has has reset the promo code for this relaunch. First, you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, but go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. So what, what what would you like to ask about the Islanders? So, you know, the one thing that I I 
I mean, you know how much I'm a fan of Anthony Bovillier. And one thing I told Rachel before the series, and I I think um, before the playoffs, actually, for the Flyers, is that to make or break the Flyers, or depending on how far they get, their second line is going to have to be noticeable. Like, the Hayes line is going to have to be dominant. And we saw that in the the round robin, but not so much during the, the um, uh, in the series with the Habs. What is it about the, your, that, that second line with Beauvillier that's just been allowed to flourish? Because it seems like against the Panthers and against the um, Capitals, that line was able to find success. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that most opposing teams try to slow down Barzal, Lee, and Eberly first. So the Nelson, Bavillier, and Bailey, or the B&B line, uh, does not always face the top checkers from the opposition. And then I think it's two things. Bavillier really seems to be maturing. I think he used the time off as a result of the shutdown to get a little stronger, uh, to sort of clear his head. And he, I think he matured as a player over the four months or so that we were off. And then the other thing is Josh Bailey, who's the third member of that line. He's one of those guys, if he's on your team and you watch him every day, you really appreciate him because he does so many little things right. And in a playoff series, those little things really add up in a hurry. He's not a guy who's going to get headlines. He's not going to make, you know, uh, NHL tonight all the time. But if you watch him game in and game out, he can be a real difference maker. Yeah, that's that's I, I always forget about Bailey, but you're right. It's it's very rarely you see him uh, do the wrong thing. He's always making the right choices. <laughs> yeah, and, and that makes a difference. Uh, you know, playoffs, little mistakes. You can't have mending up in the back of your net and, and mm. not making those mistakes is huge. How do you feel that the Flyers will try to get around the Islanders four check? I mean, both in the Florida series and in the uh series against Washington, no games out of the nine have the Islanders allowed 30 or more shots on goal to the opponents. So how how do the Flyers try to break down that Islanders forecheck? I think the Flyers are really good at getting their opponents to the outside and keeping them there and, and then able to just take the puck away and create their own opportunities. I think that's, you know, been one of the strengths of the Flyers defense this season and especially so, I would say in the round robin. And if they can get back to that, I think it'll kind of prevent the Islanders from having a successful forecheck. That's going to be a key matchup I think in this series because if the Islanders can't pin the Flyers back, I don't think the Islanders could go in a wide open you know, kind of a series. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of hockey they want to play, and I don't think it would benefit them. Now, uh, I-, I wanted to ask you about the special teams. Now, the Flyers in the in the postseason, their power play has not been, uh, it's definitely been a weakness for them. Uh, but in both series, it seems like with the Caps and the Panthers, the Islanders, or, or their power, penalty kill um, allowed the team to kind of stay in the series uh, or stay in the, the game. Um, what? What's going on there, and and how do you see a way that the Flyers can maybe uh, catch them on the advantage of, of the special teams? Well, the Islanders have struggled on special teams, and if, if you look at the numbers, five on five against Washington especially, the Islanders were dominant. But the penalty kill for the Islanders was inconsistent at best, 
And in the power play had two goals in, I think, 21 chances or 22 chances during the uh, series against Washington. So, you know, the penalty kill for the Islanders, they've just been giving opposing teams a little too much room down low. And if the opposition makes some good, quick cross-ice passes, they seem to be able to create space against the Islanders. And, and uh, I would be concerned that a guy like Claude Giroux, for example, would be able to, to do something like that and, and create chances when the Flyers have the man advantage. Uh, as far as the Islanders' power play is concerned, they need to move more effectively without the puck. They don't seem to do that quite enough. And, and they really need to get uh, someone in front of the Philadelphia goal to try to screen Hart or get tip-ins or rebounds. And usually that falls on Anders Lee. And if Lee is doing his thing, you know, he'll, he'll get one of those dirty goals, whether it's on the power play or, or at even strength. But he's going to have to play a big role for the Islanders on the power play and offensively in general if they're going to be effective against Philadelphia. Yeah, we know that he definitely likes to to park there, and then yep. he's found success. <laughs> and he yeah. was a, a major uh, contributor in that um, that series against the Capitals. So it seems like the captain is definitely going. Yeah, he he was on top of his game, especially the first three games of the series, where he was just a driving force, and and he really set the tone too. I mean, physically, he was involved very early in that series, and. You know, you knew right away when the captain goes out there and sticks up for himself and for his teammates, that sends a signal we're not going to get pushed around. And and the Islanders really did that against Washington. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I obviously been worried about the Flyers power play as well. And they were able to get it back into gear, I think, in the last two games of the Montreal series. So it sounds like there is some opportunity there for them to, you know, get some insurance goals. Well, that'll be critical. Special teams in the playoffs always more important even than they are during the regular season. Uh, l- let me ask you guys this. Uh, if, if I put this question to you, the Flyers will be in trouble if? Uh, I would have to say the Flyers will be in trouble if their stars – Stay quiet. Or, I will say, which is kind of in the same realm, the Flyers will be in trouble if that second line can't find its footing. And the Flyers will be in very good shape if? They can break through the Islanders' defensive scheme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that's, that's fair. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Let's let, uh, if we flip it back to you, Gil, well, the, the Islanders will be in trouble if? Uh, if they can't sustain that four check that they that they played so well against both Florida and Washington, uh, the Islanders don't have the firepower to get into a shootout. Maybe they could win one game, you know, five four. But over the course of a seven game series, they've got to play their style of hockey. And if they're not doing it, they're not going to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I see this series being a real tough slog overall and you know, potentially going to seven games, in fact. I, I just think that the way that the 
two different team styles and structures align that it is just going to be a grind from start to finish in every single game. And, you know, I worry a little bit, I think, about the wear and tear on both teams. And, you know, if things start to get punchy, that might make it worse. But, you know, what do you think about how the tone of this series will be? I think it's going to be gritty and physical. And I think guys like looking at the Islanders lineup, players like Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck, uh, Matt Martin, that fourth line, they're going to play a role in this series as far as setting the tone goes for the Islanders. And yeah, I think, you know, whichever team does win this series, they, they may be a little beaten up, so to speak, or worn down is probably a better term uh, when they get to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Now, you asked us about Carter Hart. I definitely want to turn around and uh, ask about Varmalov. Now, how has he played in the his two series? And do you think he is keeping the Islanders in? Like, is he a major part of the Islanders' success in the postseason? Or do you think that's just, their, of course, them getting to their uh, their game? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, he hasn't had to make a lot of saves, but it, sometimes it's when you make big saves and and not letting in those easy goals, obviously, that can demoralize a team. Varlamov has been consistent. He has been steady. And on those few occasions when the Islanders' defense has broken down, he's been there and bailed them out. He made some... Uh, big saves in, in uh, overtime and, and, you know, on a breakaway and then on a rebound. And then the Islanders came back and, and won the game uh, in game three, I think it was, against Washington. So you, you, it, it's for Varlamov, it's consistency and then coming up with that key save on those rare occasions when the Islanders do have breakdowns that make him sort of the perfect goalie right now for this team. Yeah, I think it's it is interesting to me just because, you know, obviously goaltending has been an issue for the Flyers for quite a number of years up until this year. And that, you know, just having a serviceable goaltender like Varlamov seems to be for the Islanders isn't like is so foreign to the Flyers (laughs) right now. And it just it feels odd to have it kind of turned on its head. Well, look, Carter Hart looks like the real deal, and and if he can keep it up, I mean, uh, you know, Ron Hextall, I guess, was the last truly consistent great Flyers goalie, and, uh, you know, at this point, Carter Hart would like to be the next one. At least it looks that way to me. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that. So, your predictions for the series, ladies? predictions are so dangerous yeah i'm (laughs) like you don't want to say anything negative about your team but you also don't want to say anything positive about your team because you don't want to like curse them or something (laughs) no jinx is allowed i'm trying to be realistic but also not hurt my own feelings so (laughs) i think i'm gonna say uh flyers in seven okay that that's a fair prediction, and uh, I I I think I agree with you. I think it goes seven. I think the Flyers will eke it out, but I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining and hard-fought series that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, do you both say Flyers in seven, or, or was that one pick for both of you, or? <laughs> 
I, I'm going to abstain, but, <laughs> I, but I will say that seven games is a distinct possibility. So fair enough. Fair it's enough. only right that the, that the, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I, for one, am very much looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be some great hockey and uh, may the best team win. Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you so much for uh, doing this crossover show. It is always a pleasure to talk Islanders and Flyers hockey with you, and uh, I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Same here, Gil. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a full review of Game 1 and a preview of what's ahead in the series, what it means, and why what happened happened. Have a safe day, everybody. Enjoy Game 1 and the rest of your evening. And, of course, let's go Islanders.